Hey everyone, and welcome back into the Bones booth. We are going over season two, episode 19, Spaceman in a Crater. We are coming at you every week, going over an episode of Bones, helping you guys do that. Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm your big time Bones fan. This is Taryn. I'm your other longtime Bones fan. Uh, all the way from space, this is Andrew. I'm your other Bones fan. And I'm Akil. This is the first time I'm watching this show. Oh, I had something else I was going to say, and I missed it. Oh, well. Mm. Next you can do time. round two. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good. I remembered what it is. Just bleep blorp. Bleep blorp. <laughs> I like it. Next, we use it next week. <laughs> oh, I should have said unidentified flying bones fan. Oh, well. Mm. Um, that is pretty good. <laughs> All righty. So this episode was directed by um, somebody's name uh, that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> uh, he was born in Paris, France. So oui. I'm just going to spell it out for you. Um, maybe you guys can help me out with this. Okay. Um, J-E-A-N-N-O-T. Jeannot. Okay. All right. Jeannot. And then last name S-Z-W-A-R-C. S Z W A R C. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Zwarsh. Zwarsh. Okay. So that's Zwarsh. who directed this episode. If um, someone would like to phonetically spell that out and email it to us, thebonesmooth at gmail.com. Thank you very much. I mean, okay. it'll be post when we're recording this, but I still want to know the answer. But like they short... direct many an episode of Bones. Um, this is the first one that they uh, directed. So, hmm. um, after this, we'll see from them, like the verdict in the story, the perfect pieces in the purple pond, and many more. So uh, I think he directed 15 episodes in total. Wow. Um, he has uh, a number of directing credits before Bones, like uh, Somewhere in Time, a movie in the 80s with Christopher Reeve and Christopher Plummer and Jane Seymour. Have you seen it? Yes, I own it. It's behind me. <laughs> Gen generally if i went over there i could pull out the dvd it's so good she goes um christopher reeve sees a picture of um jane seymour on the wall of like a he's in modern times in the 80s mm -hmm. and she is in like a picture of a theater and she's in like i don't know 1918 or something like that and he figures out how to go back in time because he falls in love with her picture and goes back in time and like meets her it's right, great love everyone should go watch it <laughs> And then the second um, credit that I wanted to mention was Jaws 2. So the sequel mm. to the biggest blockbuster um, or the start of the summer blockbuster. Definitely. Um, and then the person that wrote this episode was uh, Elizabeth Benjamin. Oh, Just hey. as a reminder to folks, she also wrote um, The Man in the Wall, Superhero in the Alley, Man mm -hmm. in the Morgue, and Women in the Sand. So... I mean, it explains how literally off the wall this episode was. <laughs> yeah, I think when we were talking to Eric, he mentioned, I think he said it was her and Noah Hawley were the two junior writers for season one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, good to see that she's still continuing on season two and mm -hmm. probably will make a lot more episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love seeing a familiar name come back especially with all those heavy hitters from season one so welcome back elizabeth benjamin mm -hmm. so we start this episode on a very nice blue sky with some silly music and something big hurtling towards the ground between two cows in a field 
and it smashes down. And then we cut to Bones and Booth are on the scene, but are taking a look at the crater from afar atop like the Jeffersonian van, but they can't really tell what it is. There's like a farmer guy with them. Um, he says he took a little peek before the troopers said to move out of the way to not contaminate the scene or anything. And he says it's definitely meat dressed in clothes, which is a disgusting way to um, describe that, but also accurate from when we get to see it in a couple minutes. Horrifying. I mean, when we hear the crater um, hit. Squish. It, it was a splash. <laughs> it was a wet drop. Poor, poor Colonel Howard. <laughs> he splashed into a field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see the very, very smashed body um, who Bone says is a person because of the loafers. And Booth asks if maybe it's too soon to say it's not an alien. But Bone says she's never heard of any stories about aliens wearing loafers. And Booth says, like, I bet Hodgins has. And she nods and is like, you're probably right yeah. that he has heard of a story of aliens wearing loafers. Yeah, love this little side bet for them. And I will never get over a skeleton wearing shoes. <laughs> for some reason, that is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> and I love it every time it happens. Oh, skeletons wearing shoes. Well, now we know what Akil's like Halloween decorations are going to look like. Just <laughs> classic skeletons with different shoes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We take the body back to the Jeffersonian and Cam and Hodgins are both in on the alien versus human discussion, but they're really all just pulling Hodgins's leg here so much so that he kind of leaves when they're still talking about it. It's, I think it's so fun that they are getting, like you can tell the group is getting more close knit because they're all like teasing each other. And um, he even says the same thing about loafers that um, Bone says, I think it's like the true color friendship that they're all teasing each other here. Right. Don't wear loafers. Yeah. <laughs> also, he gets all mad and he's like, you know, it's illegal to mock people for their fundamental beliefs, which is like conspiracy theories. And I'm like, actually, no, no, it's not. It is. It is legal. It's not your it religion. Not, it's not a protected not a le- class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not illegal to be offended. <laughs> yeah. But it is funny that they keep teasing him almost the entire episode until he becomes helpful. Uh, later with his knowledge around conspiracy theories um cam says that she's seen injuries like this before when she worked in new york when a person jumped off uh, the chrysler building so she Hmm. saw the same kind of like impact patterns uh in that that she's seeing here and then zach does some impressive like fall and velocity math in his head that he tries to explain to booth and he's like i can i can explain the calculations if you want and booth is like send me an email like no don't try and explain your in your head math to me uh and then bones is looking at the x-rays and she says she would like to say what she's looking at is anomalous but she's going to go with weird the significant demineralization of the victim's bones would put his age as 130 years old which they think can't be right because who who's that old? I don't even know if the oldest person ever in existence has ever made it to 130. Um, so like that can't be correct. (laughs) So their only alternate explanation is that this person was in outer space, which brings them all back around to aliens. Booth recaps it for all, for all of us by saying, (laughs) I know we'll eventually get to like the most, um, X-Files episode, but it's not quite this one yet. Um, 
but yeah, Booth recaps it all for us by saying, so he thought of space in a pair of loafers. And Cam makes the last comment of like, Hodgins left too soon. Like he could have been here for this realization, but he he left too soon for it. We've seen Bones de- dematerialized a couple of times, I feel like. I think the one I remember was Girl in the Graft. Um, so I feel like they should have they shouldn't have ruled out cancer if that was like a one of the things that they got to from something like this before but i don't know how i don't know if they had called out something that differentiated away from it and ruled out cancer immediately and they just got to it being age based but you know that it, it reminded me of that episode yeah i'm assuming it's because it was like so bad like so so bad like this is mm-hmm. worse than any cancer we've seen like it this can only come from you know being in space the type of demineralization we're seeing so I don't know if there's a difference or if in the bone they would be able to see like the cancerous cells I don't know I'm not a doctor so (laughs) I don't know what the difference would be but maybe there is there is some sort of differentiation between the different types yeah but it does I mean it does very much reflect um reflect that episode too I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to see demineralized bones. Yeah, for sure. So Booth finds Colonel Howard, who he thinks could be their guy based on the amount of time he has spent in space, but he hasn't necessarily been listed as a missing person because apparently the location of astronauts is like a highly kept secret. Um, Didn't know that, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's not that highly kept when you learn the rest of the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, we'll just go with that. Um, Booth says that he looked up his wife in the phone book. So it's like, if you could find his wife in the phone book, <laughs> yeah, you're not, really then you would protecting. know where he is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that they're going to talk to her, um, in jewelry corner, Taryn, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember if we've seen this red necklace before, or if it just feels like a different red necklace we've seen before. It's very big. I mean, I think, that's it's, I think it's new. I think it's new. I feel like it's, the part that felt new was the long silver plane chain. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if that was connected or if she was also just wearing that. I think she might have just also been wearing that because we've entered like long necklace season. Yeah. And, and chunky necklace season is like last year. So this yeah. is helping us transition <laughs> it's a transitional necklace period <laughs> the transitional necklace period yeah got it um, they're, t- they're, distri- they're redistributing the mass of the chunky necklace it's same <laughs> it's the same weight overall but it's just being redistributed into a longer form there's okay. still so much accessory yeah a lot um, also her um eyeshadow this episode very heavy very heavy. dramatic for daytime I mean I don't hate it she looks great but it's a lot. <laughs> I feel like they extra do it in the very, very, very last scene when it's just her and Booth, like for two seconds at the end. I like really noticed it then. I was like, oh, like someone must have come in and like really p- put it on. It's like a real, it's a smoky eye. It's smoky intense. Eye. Yeah. Lots of new makeup and jewelry uh, going on in season two into season three. I'm very here for it it's like we watched two different episodes like, i didn't notice any of that <laughs> not at all 
Oh, it's it's like so big and red anyway. But everybody else, take a look. See if you noticed uh, her smoky eye throughout the episode. Uh, but they go and talk to Mrs. Howard, and she's also there with the wives of two other astronauts. She's asked if he died. She asked them if he died during a training accident, but one of the other wives said, hey, that couldn't be how it happened because the space agency would be all over it instead of the FBI investigating. We also learn that Howard flies himself in a small Cessna plane, which could provide interesting uh, later. And there's a lot of weird secrecy and fishiness going on with the wives, namely the other two and not Mrs. Howard. She seems fairly open and like telling them stuff, but the other two seem a little off. Is there a reason why in this episode we can't say NASA? Great question. I have no idea. It just was like bugging me throughout it, you know? Yeah, Mm. I think it's like copyright related. Um, Mm. I think NASA, from what I remember, is very conservative about letting people use their name and their logo they're very protective of it but you can get a nasa t-shirt at target like any yeah they're okay sure can sure can because i have h&m <laughs> yeah. yeah they have like on on clothing everywhere yeah mm-hmm. no totally i don't i mean i don't know if maybe that's changed more recently mm-hmm. for like a long time though they were very um conservative about it like the fbi i think is like looser if anything yes because you mean the female body inspectors yes (laughs) um it's just like up to the agency it's and everyone makes their own rules and i think nasa is one which just um takes a really conservative approach to letting people use their name Hmm. yeah because like fbi or like any police department i feel like they're all like it's fine nypd lapd yeah, Chicago even, PD. We, we You're gonna create Copagranda for us. <laughs> the other, um, the other two wives seem a little fishy. Um, she says, uh, Mrs. Howard says that the colonel's main job was to train others to go into space. Bones asked if that's because he lost his medical clearance to go himself, and Mrs. Howard asked, "How do you know that?" Bones explains what she saw in his x-rays and they ask if it was hard for him to be training people to go up instead of him, because I'm sure as with a lot of jobs, what you want to be the person to do it. And it's tough to like train your replacement. Um, at first the blonde wife says, no, that Howard was a team player and that he was actually training her husband to be the person to go up, um, in his stead. But then Mrs. Howard is like, well, yes, it was hard because these guys love going up into space. It's what they do. It's what they train their whole lives to do. Um, And then the other wife tries to backtrack a little bit saying, well, it would be hard on any of them if they couldn't go up anymore. So it's like a little weird that the one was like, he's a team player. But then the actual wife was like, no, it was hard on him. And then they're like, well, it would be hard on anyone. So there's like a little weird little thing going on there. Um, (laughs) Wonder if that'll come back. Interesting, interesting thing to notice. <clears throat> people with yeah. lines, people with lines. Um, but then Mrs. Howard also gives Booth the colonel's schedule that he was supposed to be on while he was gone. And they said, oh, he was supposed to be back today and like when he was supposed to call her and stuff. So she's being very forthcoming um, with most information. In fairness, it would have been real weird if you had like the three astronaut wives on the couch and then two of them just like, we don't talk. We're mute. <laughs> <laughs> and we're only talking to them. To the, to the, uh, to the, um, you know, the, the victim's, uh, wife. Yeah. It would be a little weird. Like, I don't know if please. this is 
I don't know if this is a trope or if this is just a, a pattern that I'm seeing in Bones, but anytime you see like a group of moms or a group of wives, like one of them was the killer and betrayed <laughs> like the victims, like, like love, their friend. Like, yeah, Always. exactly. We'll just like rule of threes. Look to your left. Look to your yeah. right. One of you is a killer. Oh, <laughs> there's four of us. <laughs> well, then one point three three of us is a killer. Oh no! <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Bones and Booth and the FBI are going over to the Colonel's plane uh, hangar where it is. When a woman walks in demanding to see ID from them. Um, she says she has the equivalent rank to a general, though she is still a citizen from the space agency and says that the plane that they're looking at is actually their property and is only leased to the Colonel Booth plays this weird game with her a bit by calling, like calling her general, even though she says, like I said, it's the equivalent of a general, not that I'm actually a general and saying he's friends with a federal prosecutor. Great at getting warrants. So like, Hey, Miss Julian call out, but like, she's not actually in the episode, which would have made it better. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about it. He is definitely referring to Carolyn. Absolutely. And then one of the texts comes up saying they didn't really find much, no like blood, no, nothing that indicates a struggle or that the plane um, that the Colonel used was the murder scene. Um, And Booth wants to know what the Colonel was working on before his death. The general lady says he should get that warrant uh, from that prosecutor that he was talking about and turns and walks away. And she gets like halfway through the hangar before Booth calls her back and holds up the warrant that he's had the whole time. Bones asked him why he didn't just say he had it in the first place. And he was like, oh, I was hoping we could all be friends. It's like this weird power struggle that didn't seem necessary for much reason, but it was just like kind of funny to see him like tease this woman. I don't know. It just seemed odd to, to play this game, but I guess he was trying to see if they would just let them look or if the space agency was like hiding anything. I mean, if you come in and you're like, I've got a warrant, like people will probably work with you less than you being like, Hey, want to let us look around maybe. Mm -hmm. I wish they should say no. (laughs) But I feel like they were trying to set up this lady as like the red herring for the episode, but like, you know, we were kind of on to it because yeah. she was just being like unnecessarily like standoffish. Yeah, she was like there to have Hodgins be like, <gasps> she's trying to cover something up. I don't trust her, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I never thought she actually committed the crime, but I wouldn't have been surprised if she helped cover it up. Yeah, like she knew about it, maybe. Yeah. Right. Which is why, like, it wasn't super effective because did we think that she was going to be the killer? Like, absolutely not. But do we think that the show is leading us to believe that? Like, yeah, I like that's what I feel like they were trying to do. Yeah. The red herring is very red. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can't see, but Andrew just waved his hand like he had a fish. (laughs) No, that was very funny. First of all, first of all, that was a paintbrush. Oh. You know, painting oh. the herring red. I thought it was. Dr- I thought it was a drum. You know, a drum beat. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all thought it was funny. Um. I, anyway, <laughs> your pantomime skills are great. We we all put in our own. Uh, I saw the nose paint. To be honest. Yeah. Oh, thank you. 
see this is this is why we're friends but i think it's also <laughs> recency bias because i shared a tiktok today about the guy who like oh. paints <laughs> perfect lines with a paintbrush oh yeah and i nearly the, like the other person squealing out of like oh <laughs> perfection first of all me number two um <laughs> the years of putting painter's tape on walls that we painted as a family yeah. I would always be saddled with that job and <laughs> oh knowing same. how anal I am about getting those <laughs> things right I would spend countless hours getting the tape right tape applying reapplying reapplying using smaller bits rather than longer bits because the longer bits curl in the middle and it's like mm-hmm. just to know that somebody out there exists that can do that mm-hmm. <sighs> Makes you so angry and hot at the same time. <laughs> yeah, hot and bothered. Yeah, <laughs> truly hot. Quite literally. Bothered. Yeah. No, that was always. It's the job that you can give the kid without being like you're going to spill the paint cane over and ruin the carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was my job every time too. Was like go do all the tape prep. You know what was the worst? When your parents, when my parents, I'll make this about me. When my parents (laughs) gave me, they they would buy the thin painter's tape and then Mm -hmm. you would apply it perfectly. And then they would still paint over it because it was too thin. Uh, Well, what what, what are you calling the thin? Because there's like the one inch and then there's like the super thick, like two inch guy. Oh, like the one inch, you know, like the one that's like. Oh, the regular. Sure. Like not the thick version. The thin one because mm. there isn't enough space for them to make a mistake. Mm. Yeah, we would always use the one inch. Mm. Mm. Maybe your parents were more careful than mine. <laughs> no, no. I, there's always the one like little corner where the roller like accidentally like pooped like the ceiling. Always. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> and then you're like, oh. you obviously don't have the exact white color to cover up the ceiling. No. It's like, and are we getting eggshell or gloss? Like, we don't know. No idea. Yeah. Semi permanent gloss. Buying white paint is a nightmare, too, because there's 900 million shades of white paint. Mm hmm. And don't ask me which one. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that special color is that contractors use for interior, like drywall, like painting drywall. I don't know what color that is, but we deserve to know. We deserve Contract- to know. Should be covering it up. Contractors, shout it out. <laughs> also if you paint by? also if you paint your ceiling you're a psychopath anyway next mm, totally agree <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that has been uh we've been holding in our frustrations about paint corner <laughs> painting corners sponsored is hard, by yes. frog <laughs> and bear and sherwin williams hmm. uh okay so we go back to booth's office <laughs> <laughs> just a, a transition that slams right into your face uh he's got the records from the agency but they're heavily redacted he has asked Hodgins there to see if maybe he could fill in some of the blanks with his conspiracy theory knowledge booth asked about some telescope and if that means anything to him Hodgins says yes it's a telescope that keeps needing quote unquote repairs which he puts in air air quotes because he doesn't think Uh, that it means that it actually needs that many repairs. The repair teams are going up there to retrieve highly classified information instead. Information, space information? Like what? Space information. 
what information uh, <laughs> what information exists on the satellite or in that, space that doesn't exist on earth i know that it's not getting beamed down <laughs> be, yeah beamed to use their word <laughs> i don't know we'd have to ask dr jack hodgins um but he's Yes. doesn't isn't real so i'm not sure um so but booth asks um but then they're kind of done talking about space and hodgins asked booth if he can ask him a question and booth is skeptical at first but he's like okay and then hodgins asks him what's the deal with proposing and booth sits down and is like oh and sits down because it's not like a conspiracy theory or a question about space that he doesn't know the answer to Hodgins asks, what's the absolute most proper way to do it? And Booth says, I don't know. The one time I did it, I got shot down flat, which is true. Hilarious. Well, did you do it by the book? <laughs> it's like, he was like, uh, no. Um, he said that he proposed to Rebecca uh, when they were like waiting for the pregnancy test to come back positive or negative in between. Um, and Hodgins surprises us saying that he went through a similar thing minus the pregnancy test portion. Um, and Booth says, oh, so you proposed to Angela and Hodgins says, yes, but apparently I didn't do it right. And Booth says to try again, but this time to go all out with dinner. And he says something about a violin, but he was like, don't do the violin, but like get all dressed up and do the whole shebang and see if she says yes. Uh, one of my favorite things about this scene is when he says he starts asking him about proposing and they both like sit down and immediately like get more serious it's really cute it's a really nice like they're finally friends moment yeah I was furious when I found out that this show had a Hodgins and Angela proposal that they didn't show us and now <laughs> this is round two I was like what wait we need yeah. a rewind yeah I, I thought I had missed like 10 minutes at the beginning of the show and I just like missed it you know I wasn't you know I'm prone to not paying attention <laughs> no off, off off camera proposal very like and I was like um, was there another episode or something casual no no casual okay. off-camera proposal that we do not that we find out about right now in Booth's office after talking about aliens <laughs> like what a random time wild any other show I mean <laughs> never happens <laughs> but then they like talk about it but then immediately go back because Hodgins like happens to pick up a file towards the end of this conversation about proposals and he notices the same thing about the colonel's bone density that Brennan already noticed earlier saying that there's no way that this guy would be able to go up into space again because he would be in so much pain it would be like so detrimental to his body Booth says, yeah, that's why he was training his replacement. And Hodgson says, like, you need to talk to that guy because he's going to be the one that will be able to tell you the most about what they're actually working on. And then I also like in this scene, the cyclical action where earlier Hodgins tried to put his feet up on Booth's desk and Booth like gave him a look and he took them down. But now they have this little like bro chat about proposals. So he thinks like, oh, we're buddies. And then like tries to do it again. But Booth gives him the same look and he takes his feet back down again. So I think that's like, there was no need for that, but it was just like a cute little moment between when they were talking about aliens and then later and come circling back around. Yeah, it was, it was a really nice scene between the two of them, which we don't get all that often. Mm -mm. 
And I thought it was surprising because now Booth and Bones finally make their way over to the space agency. Like it, we are already this far in and they haven't talked to anyone there yet besides the one lady coming in to the hangar when they were looking at the airplanes. One of the staff tells them that the commander that they're looking to talk to is scheduled uh, for time on the vomit comet and that they could talk to him there, which is so funny because I'm sure in real life, they would not allow that. They would just be like, you have to wait until he comes back or you have to come back tomorrow. But it's perfect for the show because the scene we get next makes it all worth it. (laughs) This is like, you know how Law and Order has that joke of like, it's the guy like who works at like I don't know. He's on the dock and he's like picking up boxes and moving down. Like, yes. oh, that guy? Yeah. I haven't seen him about two, three days. Oh, why are you here? Oh, because because <laughs> because he got murdered? Oh, that makes sense. I he checked out of work early yesterday. Yeah. He was like, sitting next to a blonde woman, five seven to five seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. No, too many details. <laughs> yeah. Except in this time in Bones, they decided to do it. The most ridiculous, like him being like, oh, I guess you can ask me questions while I continue to work. Uh, Yeah, but continue to work in his case was being an astronaut in training. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like they went up into space. Like they're like, oh, you can ask him questions up there. We'll just shoot you up there real quick. (laughs) So absurd. Like you want to search these grounded aircrafts? Like you need a warrant for that. You want to ask this guy questions? You should go into space in this aircraft. (laughs) Where he has no representation present. (laughs) No lawyer. Exactly. If they weren't so territorial about like, should they even be allowed to investigate? Then maybe I could say like, oh yeah, we're all cooperative. We're all friends. Come up into the ship and we'll we'll talk. Yeah. You know, but they were just like so contentious. Mm -hmm. Also the second that like Booth starts to make any movement with him, we just cut to a scene with Bones with the biggest smile on her face because they start floating. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, this next scene is so good. So they go into the vomit comet to question Commander Adams about if there was anyone that had issues with Colonel Howard or anyone he thinks would want him dead enough to throw him out of a plane. Adams says no, that he was really close to him and that he knew you know, things that like the Colonel's marriage was super solid. No one was mad at him. And he had no idea why someone would want to hurt him. Booth feels like there's still something that he's holding back on a little bit, but before he can tell them is when they switch to going weightless and they all float around the plane. And it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) because Adams goes and like is floating, but like hitches, hits a couple of switches and was like doing work things that I'm sure is part of his training about whatever he's doing to go up into space. Bones is doing full somersaults in the air, just like head over heels going. And then Booth loses his pen and is trying to catch it while it's like floating away. And I know somewhere exists um, a like behind the scenes, like actual, the person who actually like created the CGI for this scene of them. I know there's video of it. I will try and find it. If not, I'm sure someone will send it. Linda, talking to you. I'm sure she has it ready to go. Um, but I know that exists somewhere where they show like the behind the scenes of like David Emily and then this actor who plays Adams on like rigging to float and then all of the CGI stuff they put in the background. But it's like so funny and so random. And I and 
again, and there's no reason to do this, but it's so funny that they got to do it. Do you think that they actually, so they, they faked the scene is what we're all. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't actually go up into the vomit comment. There was, okay. there were like, you could see the, um, way that they cut around Emily and David just with the green screen it was like rounded yeah like, yeah around their hair and stuff and the pen was like the lighting was completely off on the pen versus the background I was like yeah we we tried I love I, it <laughs> I know that for um I think the one of the jackass movies they uh, did Russian cosmonaut training and went up on, in one of those but so big, like big question. If you have the opportunity to do it in real life, would you do it? Oh, a thousand percent. Uh, yeah, I would do it. A hundred and it, it wouldn't definitely not. It wouldn't <laughs> be high on my. It wouldn't be high on my list. I wouldn't seek it out. Like there's there's nine billion other life experiences that I would want to do before feeling weightless, light weightlessness in a mm-hmm. thing. I would one hundred percent vomit immediately. <laughs> I like I get motion sickness driving down the highway. Like on the on a plane, I can't. I can't. I, I the love you, but I can't. It doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. I wish. It's very cool, but no, I would be so miserable. Mm. Yeah. At least it would. The vomit would float away from you. Should <laughs> it? Yeah. Well, and then just like, splat down when you're. Right. I, I, I would. I would worry that I'd be like moving toward. Like I right. would. I would vomit. It'd be a puddle in the air and then all of a sudden I would be floating towards it and not be able to stop myself and be like no 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 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you just swim away from it but you can't no. swim away <laughs> huge to... strokes <laughs> push the air back and throw ping pong balls in the opposite direction <laughs> uh that would be a wild experience for sure no matter what but I, and I also like, I wonder if in real life they land as like gently and perfectly as they all do. Because Perfect, they all just like, like Chris Platt. Yeah. Probably closer to that. Yeah. Cause they all just like gently come back down into their seats. Um, so I was like, I wonder if that's really like that. If anyone has ever written in the, written in the vomit comment, please let us know. You can watch Jackass. Oh, true. You can see what it's like. That's what I was thinking the whole time she was flipping. I was like, in any moment, gravity would oh, yeah. be a thing again. Yeah, what if you're upside down and then gravity's just a thing your again head. and then, boom, neck is broken. Exactly. <laughs> end, of, end of show. Ooh, <laughs> good point. That was a little dangerous. Whoa. Yeah, because there was no announcement like, we will be landing in five, four. Like, I wonder if it's like that in real life. To be like, please be, or if you float that much. I have a lot of questions about there's it. Pro- there's probably a red light that flashes in there and they're like, and you're like okay better better situate yeah and get feeling like it doesn't even last that long like it probably lasts like a total of five full seconds with three mississippis again they do explain this in (laughs) okay we're all gonna rent that and watch it so that we can understand the definitive source for zero gravity (laughs) i think it might be the second one the movie (laughs) i think it might be the second movie i don't know I have to well, say, I cannot it. wait for the newest installment coming later this year. What of Jackass? Yeah. For real? <laughs> I think there's a new movie coming out. Oh, there is a new movie coming out, but I just didn't expect that to be high on your radar of like things you want to see. Oh, I <laughs> ate that shit up in college. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I did too. I just, I just, I, I don't know. You, you usually like better things. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> is it the same people? They can't break that many bones anymore without that being like very detrimental. If it doesn't have, have Johnny Oxmel or it does, I don't think it'll have Bam in it, but it'll have definitely have. Um... No, there's no Bam. He famously got fired. Yeah, for being an alcoholic and yeah, not Didn't good. Did one of them also die? Yeah, Ryan. Um, uh, fuck, I forget. Done. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, terrible. Sad. Well, yeah, it is. Not everything needs to be revived. The show. I'm talking about the show. Just to be very clear. Yeah. <laughs> no, the show didn't give me to come back. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, without, if anyone misinterprets that, that would be terrible. The show. <laughs> oh, no, Lord. Big Play is just the movies. Just the movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they all land like very gently back in their seats. And Booth does not forget that Adam was about to tell them something and he said that colonel howard was talking to the stc so we're like oh what does that mean but we jump pretty quickly back to the jeffersonian where hodgins is explaining what that is the space travel coalition is a privately funded space exploration and tourism group um we kind of already talked about this but it's so crazy that this episode came out in may of 2007 and in this year we did have two like billionaires go up into space by like privately funded things. So really weirdly timely for us this year. I don't know when it was, but I feel like around this time in like the, the mid aughts, Richard Branson was talking a big game about how he's going to go to space and have like commercial space flights. Yeah. And I remember like super famous people talking about how they had already bought their tickets to like be the first people right. like Mars and mm-hmm. stuff, like how Hodgins does. He's like, I already have my ticket. I want to know what's going on up there. Of course. Him and does. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. <laughs> Kutcher. <laughs> he was going to, he was going to go on the one. He was going to go fly with Bezos, but Mila Kunis said he couldn't because he's got kids. <laughs> and to, Is that you know. actually what happened? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she was like, no, if you die, what the fuck are you gonna do for your children, your young children at home? Oh, that's Gosh. true. Maybe, we'll maybe, maybe a little later. Did anybody watch the WeWork documentary on no. Hulu? No, I feel like it's always spotlight, spotlit featured. on my yeah, featured on Hulu, but I've never seen it. I love a scam story. It's just mm. ugh, it's so everything. juicy. Um, and Ashton Kutcher is like buds with the WeWork guy and he's in the movie like defending the business model and like the vision Mm -hmm. Um, anyway that guy's just everywhere he is got his little fingers in a lot of stuff huh (laughs) he was a shark on Shark Tank for a while too yeah my favorite person who's just has is everywhere for no reason is Snoop Dogg (laughs) so Mm. good he is just everywhere and I'm proud of him. You go, Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to yeah. look up his discography. Let me see when the last time he put an album out was. I don't think it was that long ago, to be honest. But hmm. um, but yeah, he just does like a bunch of other stuff now, <laughs> mostly with Martha Stewart, which is hilarious. We love that. Um, but then okay, so we moved to see, and Cam and Angela are in the autopsy suite where Cam is seeing if Ange can make a 3D model of what happened to Colonel Howard, since there seems to be some slashing of some sort to his clothes. 
that are consistent with that are not consistent with the impact to the ground. So obviously there's tearing from the splat, um, but there are some slashes that seem out of out of normal. It's so funny to me when Angela's like, you mean you want something more specific than him falling from a plane and hitting the ground? And Cam is like, yes, like clearly there's something else going on here. So go in and work your magic. So, you know, and rolls all the clothes out of the autopsy suite. Then Cam and Zach have this weird interaction where he's very clinical and you can tell he's been waiting to clean the bones so that they can get a better uh, idea of the damage. But Cam is reluctant for some reason on handing them over. He's just trying to do his job, but she's trying to make him see this body as a person, but he's not getting it. And she's like, fine, fine. Like take them, do your thing. And then turns her back and quietly calls him Igor, which I think is mean. I was like, what is this scene? That's so mean. Like that's your employee and he's doing his job. I don't understand why. Like I, I, I get that her being like, oh, how can you not see that this as a person? But like, you've known Zach long enough that this is his process. You call him Zacharoni. I was going to say Zach and Jeez. I couldn't remember what Zacharoni was. (laughs) Zach and Jeez. Which is kind of better. It is kind of better. (laughs) But yeah, it was like, what the hell, Cam? Like, first of all, you're his boss. You probably shouldn't be giving him mean nicknames. I think Igor is mean. And I felt bad for Zach. It was like a really random, really random scene, but um, he does get his bones in the end. (laughs) Yeah, Igor gets those bones. He sure do. Booth comes in to Bones' office to talk about the STC folks and can't believe that the colonel was involved with these people because he thinks they're like a little kooky. They're kind of, he calls them like tin hat wearers. They're more, they're like Hodgins type people, conspiracy theorists, rather than the very admirable space agency that he did work for they do have planes though and when they checked the flight plans for the day colonel howard was killed they weren't too far away from the dump site so now they need to go talk to these people to see if they're the ones that potentially push him out of a plane they talk to the head of the stc who tries to make it all sound very legitimate and then he's not crazy but then he also talks about the fact that he's been abducted multiple times and was experimented on and had like a chip in his ear and all this kind of crazy stuff. And hypnosis helped him remember the details of it. Yeah. So he seems fairly even keeled when he's talking to them, but the words he's using in his experiences are a little questionable. Maybe Booth sits back a little bit because it's harder for him to talk to these type of people that he can't create a connection with when they're like a little off kilter. So Bones really takes the lead here asking about post-abduction syndrome and how close that is to PTSD and what, and if he knows the Colonel and what he knows about him, he says he does know the Colonel and that they need to understand that the Colonel actually came to them, not the other way around. He wanted a chance to pilot their next suborbital flight clearly a way for the colonel to be able to go back into space since he couldn't within the government system anymore because he would have had the same medical issues that he had with the space agency. The STC guy says that they can all laugh 
as, at them as much as they want about the UFO stuff, but Colonel Howard also had an experience up in space and that many astronauts do, but they don't talk about it for fear of being ridiculed. He would have been happy to send him back up into space uh, as somebody who was a legitimate member of the space agency and now working with STC, but Colonel Howard backed out a few weeks ago. Booth asked if they can take a look at their fleet of planes. He says that's totally fine. And Bones asked him if, why he thinks Colonel Howard changed his mind a couple weeks back. He says he thinks the agency got to him through his wife and that they would rather him be dead than tell the world about his alien experience. So now we're back to maybe the agency being the ones that took him out. Whoa, no, what's going to happen? <laughs> Uh-oh. So now they go and confront Mrs. Howard a bit about not telling them about the STC or the fact that the colonel did have some sort of experience up the last time he was in space. She says he wanted to go back up to space again so badly that he would have even aligned himself with these kind of nut jobs uh, to be able to do it. She knows that he thought he saw something up there, but the agency explained what he saw to the point where they thought that the colonel was satisfied with the explanation and didn't quite think it was visitors or extraterrestrials or aliens. She does tell them that he did file an official report about the incident, even though the agency asked him not to, he was going to stick to his story about what he saw and the agency may have not been too happy with him, but they loved him and he kept his job and that all of this had happened three years prior. So they all considered it sort of ancient history. It's not like it happened a week before, two weeks before where it may have been motive for his murder. It happened years before. Um, but he had only been working with the STC recently. So a lot of questionable allegiances going on with Colonel Howard. In the car, they are working through all of the info they have. Uh, you know, Bones and Booth are wondering, did the agency kill the colonel because he was going to spout off that he saw a UFO and embarrass them? Did he see something that he wasn't supposed to, like a spy satellite or some new top secret technology? And they were worried that he was going to tell classified information to his new STC friends. But then the audacity of Booth to say, our government does not kill people. I mean. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Oh, oh, bud, you don't know. Oh, no. I mean, Bones is a better person than me because she kind of just scoffed. She was like, uh, and then she gives him a lottery winner sized reality check that he was a sniper <laughs> sent by the government to kill yeah. people. Just saying. With just, yeah, just saying. Like, come on, dude. How can you be so dense? The, I but could, that's I, not what he means. I don't know. It was just like, oh, they don't. And it's like, that's what your whole job was. <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's like an enemy of the state, blah, blah, blah. But like, I know what you're saying, Andrew, that, that it would be like, oh, it's it's a different scenario. But then, but also, then you need also, to elaborate there have been plenty of that. people that are the scenario. <laughs> yeah, I was like, then you need to elaborate because just saying our government doesn't kill people is so broadly incorrect. <laughs> Especially yeah. like in this era. I think there's some civil rights leaders that may take, might take issues with that statement. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, oh boy. But I do appreciate that in this moment, Booth does not have a comeback. He just kind of sits there realizing what he just said. Then we go into back to the Jeffersonian and the grotesque misdirection at the beginning of this next scene is so funny. Hodgins walks into Zach's office where Zach is pulling the freshly boiled bones out of the boiler thing. But Hodgins kind of sniffs the air and says like, "Mm, something smells good. And you're supposed to be led to think that he means (laughs) the newly boiled bones. And Zach says, help yourself. But then the camera comedically pans down at Chad and a Pop-Tart juts out of a toaster. (laughs) Oh, disgusting. This was a hilarious scene. Just in the misdirection (laughs) and the the other shot that we get with Zach behind the magnifying glass. Yes. Um, Love Pop-Tarts. Do we want to talk about it for 10 minutes? Uh, Yes. What's everyone's (laughs) favorite flavor? All right, so mm. I think okay, let's there's, go different, your there's different categories. Hot, fruit, normal temperature, and cold. I was oh, going to say, say the same thing. You got to do the temperature-based. Fruit or or candy-flavored. Yeah. Or like dessert, fruit or dessert. Yeah. Well, oh. Uh, that's not how I eat my Pop-Tarts. That's, I don't. I, I, okay, that's let's not go a, with heat. Let's go with heat. Brown sugar cinnamon. <laughs> brown yeah, sugar brown cinnamon sugar is cinnamon. the best flavor uh, toasted. Okay. Agreed. I don't uh, normally eat mine toasted ever. I either eat them room raw. temperature or <laughs> raw or frozen. Yeah, frozen. I eat them raw. Any of the dessert flavors, if it's chocolate, cookie dough, there's the like s'more- ice cream sundae. S'mores is really good. Ooh, s'mores, really good. I'll put and it's in got freezer. the graham cracker. It's got yes. the graham cracker crust. The Although best fruit the... flavor is frosted cherry. Nobody come for me. Ooh, cherry. Ooh. That's always the one where you're like, hmm, strawberry. Ugh, cherry. Like Mine's yeah. the other way around. I'm like, oh God, I got strawberry meant for cherry. Well, no, but strawberry is the, the strawberry is the ubiquitous flavor. That's the that's the everywhere it's flavor. You yeah. it's like if strawberry to... is the one that you grab and go, you don't need to heat up, you just eat as a snack. Strawberry is the like the pidgey. Or the ratatata <laughs> of, of Pop Tarts. <laughs> if we're gonna compare Pop Tarts to Pokemon, <laughs> yeah, specifically from the Game Boy series, Gen One. Uh, strawberries grows blue. For me, the one that's like in the convenience store that if you need a Pop Tart, you need to grab that will potentially be there is blueberry. Mm. I will pass the strawberry up for a blueberry. I but the usually feel- brown sugar cinnamon is in there, so I'd rather have right. that. Even cold is better than yeah. a lot of the flavors. I've really come around on brown sugar cinnamon. I think that's just my favorite all around. It's so good. Uh, I like a s'mores, I have to say, every once in a while. That I think like as a kid, I always found the Pop-Tart with like, the blue frosting and the pink like Ooh, swirly glaze yeah. the most like visually appealing yeah was that like, blue raspberry maybe i don't know it just oh, like, there was like a watermelon one for a while too that was not good but it was like electric right. green and red you yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like it was like purpley frosting with like a green swizzle yes mm, purple and green i don't remember that um but I remember like pink and blue and that was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I had to buy that one. But hot brown sugar, cold strawberry. Yeah. Oh, it was wild berry. 
Wild Berry. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> this is the Amazing. one every 11 year old wanted. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was never allowed any of the straight up <gasps> dessert flavors. Like a Amazon has an apple strudel one. <gasps> Damn. And there's pretzel. Toast is the season for apple. I've heard very good things about the pumpkin pie pop charts. They're a seasonal mm. item. Mm. Sorry, not looking again. At, look season. how good that frosted cherry looks. Come on, no. <laughs> look good. Oh, it just looks like strawberry in disguise, and it's like wrong. No, frosted cherry is pretty good. I love frosted cherry. Brown sugar cinnamon's the best one, though, for sure. It really is. That and s'mores; those are the two best ones. Yeah. You know, um, I've never heard of. <laughs> we have to keep talking about this. Um, <laughs> My dad, I, I grew up where my dad made pop tarts in the weirdest way possible. I've never met anybody that had anybody prepare oh, pop tarts this way. Oh, so he God. would put pop, he would put the brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts in the toaster, two pop tarts. He would allow it to burn a little bit, mm-hmm. pop it out, and then slather margarine over it so that it like oh, yeah, melted. And then he would cut it diagonally like a sandwich after he stacked them on top of each other. So you'd have four triangles of brown sugar cinnamon steaming covered in butter, butter like pancakes. And it was delicious. I have to tell you, it was so good. <sighs> Listeners, go this. do that. It is so good. If anybody <sighs> does this, please take a picture and send it to us. Please, please, mm-hmm. please, please. And give us your I review on how good it is. I need to see. It sounds decadent. Very decadent. But I don't know if I can. I feel like I could do it up to the butter. I'm not a huge like warm butter person. Like I don't even put Mm. like extra butter on my my pop tarts on my uh, pancakes. Who doesn't like butter? I I put butter on my pancakes. I don't really like butter. (laughs) I don't use syrup on my pancakes, but I know I'm wrong on that. That's just me. Oh, what do you do? Just fruit? dry pancakes? No, you, no, you put butter on it. Oh, I think you didn't do butter. <laughs> no, no, I do. How much butter are you adding to a pancake? Whatever the mound is that it comes with. I'm okay. not going out for extra butter. A ramekin size of butter? How have we not been to a breakfast where we've had pancakes? Up until I, just, this I, just, I just don't really like maple syrup that much. Mm. Anyway, mm. Okay. I, I, I don't like maple right. syrup. Do you do anyway. butter or whipped cream on a waffle then? Butter. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I hope you I have know. milk. What's that? <laughs> I hope you have milk <laughs> for the pancake. Like washing it down with something. Yeah, whatever drink, uh, water, <laughs> yeah. orange juice, whatever. Water. <laughs> what? Sorry, coffee. I'm, yeah. I, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever we're having with with breakfast. That's what I'll wash it down with. Okay, yeah, we yeah, all need yeah. to go to a diner asap. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I just don't like dinner. I just don't like maple syrup that much. I, I know that I'm wrong. Yeah, just, it's that's fine. If it was no. flavored different, like remember IHOP had like blueberry or strawberry or peach. No, just like a consistency thing. I mean yeah. the, stra- the strawberry strawberry stuff. It, like it's just like the, all the flavored ones are are just like weird. Rudy, tooty, fresh and fruity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm, okay. I just don't like well, maple syrup. That was breakfast no, corner. Yeah, now I want breakfast and a lot of pop tarts. Yeah. Anyway, good misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, good misdirection on the pop tart. Um, Hodgins asked if the bones are definitely human, and Zach repeatedly says yes. Uh, but the best part, again, after this, after misdirection pop tart time, 
is the angle with his mouth completely enlarged by the magnifying glass as he's holding up uh, the bones. Very, very funny. Great camera angle. Good, uh, good job team there. Zach finds uh, something that he's never seen before at the end of this scene, which freaks both him and Hodgins out a little bit because he's like, I don't know what this is and I've never seen it. And Hodgins is like, Ugh, like you're scaring me if you don't know what it is. And he says he needs bones to take a look at it. They get to the most kind of extraterrestrial spooky scene next as Bones is examining the anomaly that Zach found with him and Cam in the room. Cam is listing off all of the things they found in the talk screen, proving that he was preparing to go back up into space because it was all like these vitamins and antivirals and things that uh, were the normal regimen before when he was going to be going into space. But then she pulls off the end cap of the bone piece and I like was gagging. I don't like porous things like that. And when she pulled it off, it was really gross. And then there was something inside of it and it was like a bluish implant thing. And Zach says he he didn't see it on the x-rays. So that's concerning um, (laughs) because now that makes me think there's things in my bones that (laughs) no one can see. (laughs) You know what it reminds me of is... Uh, if you've seen the the cinematic masterpiece that is Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, oh. um, when, uh, what's her name, uh, Heather Graham needs to implant a tracking device on Fat Bastard, uh, <laughs> it looks like the tracking device. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, it does. I don't like things like that. Insertable. Blech. I was like, oh, I, I had hypochondria in that moment where I was like, there's things in my bones. It doesn't matter if you look at an x-ray because you won't be able to see it. (laughs) Because even then she cuts into the little thing and pulls out a tiny chip and says like, what the hell is this? So it was like Russian nesting doll turducken of things I don't want inside of my bones. Like it was yucky. I just felt like I could feel the texture of like what that probably felt like. And it just made my, set my teeth on edge. Ugh, hate it. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like a pumice stone. Yeah, hate that. Ugh, oh. Gross. <laughs> uh, gross. Uh, they figure it out of what it is that it's actually coral, which did make me feel a little bit better because I'm not scared of coral. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, and they're like, it's coral. It's like, okay, that's- Sir Quirrell. <laughs> <laughs> not Professor Quirrell. <laughs> So he did have something anomalous growing on the back of him too. So (laughs) that's true. But the calcium levels in the coral matches closely to that of bone. So that's why it didn't show up on the x-ray. The Colonel was trying to regrow the bone depletion he had lost going back up into space so many times. And the metal chip thingy was being used to speed up that process. The drugs in his talk screen were actually being used to ward off infection because it was an extremely risky procedure. Hodgins feels obligated to tell them at this point about all of the other like failed or, uh, you know, government conspiracy experiments like MK Ultra and Project Paperclip and Tuskegee, uh, where citizens were used as subjects and were summarily tossed aside or killed when it was over or failed. Um, and, you know, he brings all these up to to let them understand that the use case here would be that many one of the main issues with long-term space travel is bone demineralization so if they could figure out a way 
to get over that obstacle, then they would have more funding for longer space trips. And they wouldn't have to retrain a lot of new astronauts because the ones who were the best trained wouldn't have to be taken off the list because of their, you know, because of their medical, um, they wouldn't, you know, their bone demineralization wouldn't take them off the list. Kim also asked the great question that if this experiment didn't work, why would the government go through the trouble of shoving Colonel Howard out of a plane? There's probably better ways of making somebody disappear if you have you know, if you're the government and you have anything at your arsenal to do that, why shove a guy out of a plane and have him hit a field? And Bone says their next step will have to be to figure out who, what the source of this little technology that they found uh, is. If it's STC, is it the agency, or is it something else? Wasn't wasn't MK Ultra dude pushed out a window, <laughs> like a hotel room? I don't know. I'm sure. <laughs> like from I'm sure from that's from something. From like that Wormwood documentary, mm, I, that I, I don't remember. That I watched thirty seconds of and didn't. You're really probably watch. correct. I just don't remember. But yeah, yeah, it was like a lot of government cover up. Got to be better ways to kill people. That's another yeah, song we could add to the playlist: MK Ultra by Muse. <laughs> Ooh, Muse would be a great one, but we're not going to do that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So they go back to the agency to ask them about Colonel Howard's sighting and the fake general lady and his real commanding officer are there to tell them that he, what he saw in space was just space junk floating around up there. And the Colonel just wanted a better explanation as to how he saw it, where he saw it. They also go ask, they also asked them if the Colonel was in a cast recently, they say yes. And that he had told them he had a parasailing accident and broke his leg. They explain that all their astronauts unfortunately have brittle bones from space travel because they all have demineralized bone in their skeletal system. And the Colonel even says he stepped off a ladder and like shattered his ankle, even though he didn't really do much to break it, but he has brittle bones. So that just kind of comes with the territory. Bones then shows them the coral and metal thingy they found in Howard's leg and ask them what they know about it. The general lady says they absolutely do not do experimental surgeries on their astronauts like that. And they use supplements and strength training to combat the bone loss. And Booth walks off with her to kind of confirm that. He's like, oh, do you have paperwork around that? And she says, yes. And they walk off together. My bones. My poor bones. Bones asked the other Colonel guy um, there that, if he ever saw anything questionable while he was in space and he says, he doesn't say no, but he says, there's a lot to see up there. It's just a matter of letting it cloud your judgment or not, which I think is a very interesting answer and like a very political answer because he doesn't say like, no, I've never seen anything that I would consider. Cause what do they say? Like, uh, oh, a screwdriver. They said he like saw a screwdriver up there traveling at however fast. It's like a hatch Um, and a, like part a of a hatch, door, a, a hatch lid and a screwdriver and something else or something. Yeah. So it was like, you know, we, you see stuff all up there all the time, which I'm sure that would be crazy because if you are up there and you know, you're the only people up there and you see something like movement or, you know, that's not normal. It's probably hard to try and tell yourself that it's not something weird or like try to like harp on it and think about it all the time and just try to be like it's space junk it's an asteroid it's something just floating around up here because there is a lot of trash floating around up there um yeah gravity sandy bullock watch out (laughs) watch out 
so I, I bet that I bet that would be hard to not like let your mind create something that's not there. Uh, so she also asked how Colonel Howard could go through so much the experimental surgery. You know, he's reaching out to STC to potentially go back up into space. He's in constant pain. You know, all of this to take that trip just one more time. Um, and he walks her over to a photo and he says, this is me. And this is, uh, you know, Howard out on a spacewalk. And he said, it's the last thing I think about and see before I go to bed every night. And that it might not be right or good, but it's the best moment of his life. And even makes a point to say, including marriage and my children's birth. He's <laughs> <was> like, damn, <laughs> but he says he knows that was the same way with Howard and they all will just do anything to get that moment back up in space again. And so he really says that to have it explained to her, we will, we will do anything in our power to get that moment back up in space. So, uh, at the beginning of this scene, I would like to also, uh, put in my audition for renaming this episode, the coral and the kernel. So the coral in the kernel is specific enough that they were able to trace it to a specific doctor who currently works out of Bethesda or Haiti, used to work for the space agency, but now works for the STC. So we really uh, Bethesda, wrap up. The Haiti of DC. <laughs> <laughs> the Haiti of Maryland. <laughs> it's not the Haiti of Maryland. No. It's the, <laughs> if anything, it'd be the Dominican Republic of anyway Maryland so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh wrap up about this guy um in this one scene Bones and Booth uh, in the next scene have Mrs. Howard back at the FBI to tell her about the experimental procedure and ask her about it she says that she didn't know that he had done that that he was at some sort of conference in Haiti knew he was never at a conference I don't know who needs to hear this not in Haiti (laughs) um and she, but she says it wouldn't have been out of character for him not to tell her that he had done this because he wouldn't have wanted her to worry. So I don't know. Do you think they're trying to have us think Mrs. Howard was a part of this at all? Like that she was upset or that she didn't know enough about her husband because she never felt like a viable option to me. But then also I was like, well, maybe they're just doing a really good job of making her not seem like the killer. Yeah, she was like selectively giving information. Like they would come question her and then she'd be like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you, but, but so it was like a little sus. Mm-hmm. So then we get an Angelator scene. Angela has recreated the body and clothing damage done to Colonel Howard and determines that the injuries not gotten by slamming into the ground indicate that he was chopped somehow. Hodgins comes in to tell Anne he has gotten them reservations at a very fancy restaurant for dinner. She is all smiles when she asks what the occasion is, but Zach ruins the moment a tad as he's still talking about chopping aspects of the case and talks about axes and hatchets and machetes. Zach says it's something closer to a broadsword, but Hodgins is done thinking about weapons and turns back to Angela to double down on the fact that they're going out to a fancy dinner um, and that she needs to wear like a really nice dress and have makeup on and do her hair and shoes and the whole shebang. And she's like, okay, okay, like you got it. Um, and then, and then he walks out. So I don't know how she didn't understand what the occasion was going to be, um, especially, but I guess we knew from his conversation with Booth that, um, he was going the like very traditional fancy dinner route to ask her to marry him again. 
Could have just been a nice dinner. He's got the money for it. You know. Maybe just wanted to do a nice date night. Very true. But that place, I couldn't tell what he said, A, but B, I don't think wherever he said exists here anyway. No, it's not a real Yeah, restaurant. it was like a really long French name. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know many French restaurants here besides Le Dip. Bistro Coin is a big yeah, one. Be- Oh yeah, yeah those, are the, those are the two. Those are the two. There's like another one that's more yeah. like downtowny, but I can't remember the name of that. Yeah, and I know there's one close to like Eastern Market, but I don't know. What yeah. It's anyway, it doesn't exist, gang. Not Eastern Coins, great though. Highly recommend. Very true. How would you feel if your partner told you to put makeup on before a date? Not great. <laughs> As a man. <laughs> Angela seems else but i was not into it i would not be into it it, did, it just didn't have to be the first thing in the list that unfortunately it was uh, yeah you know, I think like if, if he was had... just like if he was like let's just go like i'm talking like dress to the nines like yeah i'm talking cocktail dress i'm talking or you know like or, yeah. you know, whatever like i'm talking fancy gown i'm talking uh you know tiaras i'm talking yeah. like ridiculous makeup you know or something like yeah. that yeah then it would have been fine I like, think fine anyway. She's she seems very thrilled. But if Patrick was like, "Go put some makeup on. We're going out." I'd be like, mm, "Okay." No. The scenario oh, you just praise. said would have made me really mad if that was the only thing listed. I think the fact I think the fact that he does say like hair, shoes, thing, yeah. fancy dinner, blah blah blah, because he even says for himself he'll wear a suit. Yeah. Like if it was the only thing mentioned, murder. <laughs> <laughs> murder <laughs> more right. than one thing sure yeah. the name yeah. of the name of that bones episode would be the man without a penis uh, <laughs> the, we're enough. no longer together <laughs> yeah so they talked to Do- dr uh pascal who was the guy from bethesda and haiti doing this experimental procedure He's at the Jeffersonian, and this is one of the few times I think they talk to someone in the lounge area, um, which was I thought was an interesting choice that that's where they had um, this conversation with him. Bones and Booth tell him that Colonel Howard is dead. He immediately says it's not because of anything he did and doesn't show all that much sadness hearing this news, which Booth points out. Bones questions him about the procedure, stating the painful calluses that were forming on the bone. But Dr. Pascal said that that was all part of the process and that he was confident that within a few months, it would be fully successful. Booth chimes in saying, well, it's probably better to kill your test subject before your experiment is proved a failure rather than lose all of your investors. But Dr. Pascal said that if Colonel Howard was on the next mission to go up into space to repair the telescope, he and his procedure would have become famous. So it was a much better option to have him be successful than pushing Howard out of a plane. Bones questions the speedy recovery time of the procedure and if Howard would have been able to make the mission and Pascal says all of his projections and his confidence said that he would. She also asked that if anyone in the agency knew what they were doing and he said they were about to petition the agency officially in the next month to get Howard up into the mission. Um, and again, says like, Hey, we saved each other. Like this was a mutually beneficial, um, procedure because he would have made me famous because if if it worked and then obviously I would have helped him with his like bone loss. 
So he did not uh, kill Colonel Howard, even though he seems kind of like a pompous jerk and you might not like him, but he didn't kill him. Bones and Booth are having a little walk and talk and they realize that someone is lying to them, but they can't figure out who. Booth says he needs more on the evidence side so that he can spring unsuspected information on these people to get them to crack or mess up. Bones says that Zach and Angela have confirmed that he was dead before he hit the ground. When Booth asks what the murder weapon is, she so seriously says, current best guess, broadsword, and then just walks away. (laughs) Broadsword, such a random weapon. And she's so serious too. She's like, current best guess is broadsword. Like that is totally fine. And he's like, broadsword, you mean like King Arthur, broadsword and she like nods and he goes like where do people come up with this stuff that it's a broadsword like that can't be right um and I'm gonna yada yada through a lot of this next scene we'll get to the important parts um but clearly we need to talk mostly about Angela so mm-hmm. the murder weapon is not that sharp because it left no traces and is a curved blade and the colonel was hit four times And Bones gets the fish of the episode twice because she figures out not only that it's a plane propeller, but also that it would be one idling, not that he was up flying in a plane and someone shoved him out because then he would be behind the propellers. It would have had to have been one that was on the ground and kind of idling in a hangar or, you know, on the runway before it went out. So yay for her. She figures that out. But again, we need to talk about Angela because- Talk about getting the assignment correct. (laughs) The reveal. The dramatic way in which she is in a full silhouette and we can't see her, but like has like a toe popped in her heel. Amaze. And then she like walks in, but it's so funny because at no other time, if anyone ever stands in that doorway to the bone room, are they like in a shadow? in zero other episodes is anyone in shadow in that doorway ever but i we couldn't tell if like her dress had just like a lot of seams and was just like cross stitched or whatever um or if it just needed like a good steam like <laughs> it just <laughs> seems it's it seemed like it was like wrinkled beyond whatever but the style was that it was wrinkled though I couldn't tell. Like silk just falls differently. Yeah. I think it was was I think it might be a bit of both potentially. Yeah. It Mm. didn't seem wrinkled to me or I didn't notice. I just noticed how beautiful she looked in it. (laughs) She looks amazed. I love that both Bones and Booth are just like smiling at her and complimenting her because he's like, wow, you look really good. And even Bones is like, you really do. I was like, what a good friend. <laughs> because she seems like the person or she has, been, we have known her to be the person to just be like, not care or be more focused on the case that they were talking about or that even Angela's coming in. She's literally talking about the case when she walks in um, and then says like, hey, don't, I better not be late for my dinner. Um, but she takes a second to like compliment her friend, which I really appreciate. Booth is so sweet complimenting her too. It's like the perfect, like, oh my God, I'm so excited for my friends, you know, platonic compliment. I really love the energy. It's very sweet. Yeah. Because he had the whole conversation with Hodgin. So like, he knows probably like what's going to happen later. Oh yeah. He definitely put two and two together there. 
Yeah. And just like the line read could have been creepy, but he did it perfectly. Like it was yeah. the perfect vibe. Yeah. Even and I think the- in the past it has been a little a little bit creepy. Like when they yeah. were like uh yeah. fighting spiders or beetles or whatever it was in season one. <laughs> yeah, and she was going on a date. Yeah. And was like, ooh, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. And I think he's also hundred percent correct that you could tell that she smells good. Completely correct. Even though Zach is like, you can't see smell. I was like, I'm looking at her through a TV screen and I can tell she smells good. So come on, Zach. (laughs) Perfect Zach line. Here's my other question. Over under on if you think she's wearing deep Rhapsody because either A, Hodgins has bought her a new bottle of it after the Gravedigger debacle because he can and doesn't want the Gravedigger to have taken that moment away from him. Or B, that smell gives him PTSD and it's a hard no. She'll, she'll never have it again. Mm. He just had her rub, rub down with a pure block of ambergris. <laughs> what? What is ambergris? <laughs> I was like, am I not in on this? What? Oh, it's the thing that they, it's like a, it's like a, it's like whale kidney stones. Um, and it's, they wash up on shore and then it's like a thing that, uh, um, they use to like, I don't know, make perfume scents out of, it's now illegal, but like people used to like kill whales for it. And then it was like, oh yeah, Yeah, there's an episode of Bob's Burgers about ambergris. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the episode of Bob's Burgers is how I know what it is. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. That's amazing. Okay. I do know what you're talking about now. I was like, yes, I I said it. Never heard of it. I said it very like amber grease. Yeah, that's how I heard it. (laughs) And no, it's ambergris. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) Now I completely understand what you're talking about. I mean, I could see that that uh, Hodgins would own that. Definitely. Yeah. Just because he he harpooned a a fresh whale that morning and was like, here, here's your perfume. It's a family heirloom. Yeah. Well, he's scuba trained, so. Very true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she looks great. And Bones and Booth go off to the plane hangar to see if there is a plane with a dented propeller. And then Angela's like, okay, you don't need me for that. And runs off to her date. In the hangar, we have our three viable suspects, fake general lady, commanding officer colonel, and bus buddy trainee Adams, who are all asking what they are looking for in the hangar. Bones says the warrant they have is for everything in plain view and makes a plain view, plain view joke, which I did laugh at. (laughs) Get it? It's a pun. (laughs) Like she explained it was a pun. So good. They say that they are looking for blood or other evidence on a propeller because that's how they think he was killed. The agency folks at Colonel Howard would never have made a mistake like that falling into a propeller but booth and bone say they believe he was pushed the techs find a drain with a lot of blood washed down it in the middle of the hangar floor so they know that they're in the right space uh james adams gets a little swirly when asked to take the covers off the propellers on his plane in the hangar he respectfully declines which is the hugest red flag (laughs) i've ever seen (laughs) yeah Oh, okay. And then his boss man is just like, 
um, take it off right now. <laughs> Actually, take it off right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the freak general lady reminds us all from the beginning of the episode that the planes aren't owned by the individual men, but by the agency, and walks over and takes it off herself, revealing heavy damage to one of the propellers. It was so damaged by Colonel Howard's body being pushed into it that when they tried to dump it in the ocean, they weren't going to make it. So that's how he ended up in the field because they knew they weren't going to be able to make the full round trip. So they just kind of pushed him out where they could and then came back. As Booth is walking away with Adams, though, Bone says it would have taken two people to do all of this because you can't fly a plane and then shove someone out the window in the back or out the door in the back. So he's clearly covering for someone. It would have he would have needed two people to do it. Then we get the arrest of Colleen Adams montage. In the car, Adams explains that Howard was sharing the good news about the procedure that he may be able to go up back into space. Adams' wife was there and overheard this and slapped him, knowing that her husband had been training for over a year for his chance to go up in space. When she did that, he took a step back and fell into the propeller, and then they both panicked, thinking no one would believe them, so they did what they did about pushing his body out of the plane, uh, which was a terrible, terrible plan. Um, So Booth, while all this is happening in the back of the squad car, he is telling Bones this. Booth is going into the house where the wives are still all together. (laughs) Um, They haven't left. They have not left. Uh, and he goes and arrests Colleen Adams and puts her in a separate car. And everyone just like looks at each other longingly from across the lawn, like Bones and Booth look at each other and the Adamses look at each other from the back of their separate squad cars after being arrested. Um, and then that is the end of that scene. So we know that the, the husband and wife did it. I was just like, Ugh, an accident. Uh, I know you hate yeah. an accident. Don't you wish that he was just very vengeful and was gonna yeah. be mad and shut him? Mm-hmm. Kind of killed him in cold blood. Would have loved yeah. that. Or at least my wife did. Oh yeah. yeah. We would have had the same scenes. Everything would have been the same. It's just like they could have made it not an accident. Yeah. They could have made it revenge, angry. Maybe, maybe he's covering for his wife and his wife really did just push him. Pushed. That's what we can go with <laughs> to make it more dramatic. Yeah. Then we join Angela and Hodgins on their fancy date. It's at the end of dinner and Hodgins starts talking about how amazing she is and how much he loves her. And she reads the whole situation entirely wrong and thinks he's actually breaking up with her and freaks out for a second he laughs and asks why he, why, like, would he go through all of this, like, expensive Why would I dinner? tell you to wear makeup if I'm going to break <laughs> up with you? I don't care if you have makeup on to break up with you. <laughs> and she says, oh, wait, like, sorry, you're right. I'm, like, freaking out, you know, continue. And, uh, you know, he goes in to ask her to marry him again. She kisses him but says no. And he thinks he's still asking her wrong. And asks her, like, what, what can I do? And she just says, I don't know. She doesn't want to break up and she doesn't want him to stop trying, but she doesn't feel the right emotion or feeling every time he asks to say yes. And I just feel so bad for Hodgins this yeah. whole time. <laughs> this is such an unrealistic storyline. Yeah. This is some bullshit, Angela. It is. Poor guy. 
I believed it a hundred percent. I ate it all up. <laughs> I mean, I guess for Angela, she would be like, if you're with Angela, you're expecting her to be the kind of like person who's like, Mercury's in retrograde. Can you, yeah, like, go back yeah to exactly. You're like, let's check our star charts before we say yes. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not on brand, but it's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is. Like you cannot expect the person that you're with to just be like waiting around for you. And that like when the moment feels right, that actually maybe then because the world revolves around me, I'll decide that it's time for us. Uh, and actually, I just hope that you sit idly by just waiting waiting not there. even waiting actively participating and asking yeah. me over actually, and over yeah. <laughs> actively yeah. planning Keep, proposals yeah and know that i'm gonna reject you over and over again unless i get some feeling that even i don't know what it is i, I don't even know what it is but i mean that's the gamble with proposing right yeah no also- there's no gamble with proposing the person will say yes that's it <laughs> <laughs> if we don't if you don't say yes we're we're no longer seeing each other. Right. <laughs> Get out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I have it. I have no experience with any of this, so this is on you three. <laughs> I'm not saying I have personal experience this way, but I think it's I think it's fair for like two people to love each other but not be ready for marriage right away. Like oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's why you don't propose until you know that the answer is going to be yes. Right. And mm. so maybe Hodgins takes a little There's bit of that There's some romantics that like want the surprise. And she seems to be asking for the surprise, but then also not giving him, not giving him a fair footing to like be able to ask that question without, with, with any certainty. Yeah. The surprise is like the time and location and like method it's Has not the question <laughs> in and on, on what the answer will be. Yeah, yeah, it's like if you're doing rings, it's like the ring. It's not the question. Yeah. There's an implied an- that it's implied that the answer just will be yes. You know, if this is because- the relationship type that we're talking about, there's lots of different types right. of relationships and ways that people get married. But if sure. you're like dating and living together, you know, and you're Which we don't know if they're living together. The last time we met, we were like, Oh, right. Do you get a drawer? Yeah. The, the, the 50% rule. Okay. But they're like True. committed. They're spending a lot of time together. You know, this is a I, conversation they're having. I don't, I don't, I don't put it past Hodgins to be jumping the gun and just being like oh, wildly yeah. inappropriate in terms of when he's actually proposing. Cause normally, <laughs> normally it's That's like, true. yeah, you discuss it. You have an idea of like, Hey, you'd be open to this. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm not telling you that it's happening or when, but mm, I'm glad that we at least are on the same page of where this relationship is going. Yeah, right. And at that point, you have a green light, and that lasts for that lasts for a year. If take, <laughs> and if you take and if you take longer than that amount of time, then you're being a dick. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel I like I feel like it's definitely not out of character for a like you said, Andrew Hodgins to ask too soon because yeah can... to which to which she's just awkward like <sighs> like oh no nobody not yet not but yet. it's also not out of character for angela to just be like i want you to ask me in like 30 different ways <laughs> like yeah. i'm i don't this isn't the right thing i still want to be together but i also want you to like don't we're not breaking up we're going to continue doing this 
but like now is not the time I'm going to say yes. So it's like weird. I just, I do feel bad for Hodgins, but it's also not out of character for either of them. I feel like mm-hmm. lately. And also like he's a billionaire, so he can afford multiple over the top proposal attempts. <laughs> That's true. And this was like not an over the top, like proposal no. attempt. Was, that dinner cost dinner. like $350. Yeah, like that yeah. ring he probably pulled out the first time so it's not like they have you know this is the first time she's seeing that ring mm-hmm. i would go up in the vomit comet before i ever go up in a hot air balloon <laughs> oh a it hot air scary. balloon i don't think that that's cool <laughs> i so cool. hate the idea of sitting in a basket and being that high yeah we were we had a full me and taryn and and Alex and Christine had a full hot air balloon trip to a brunch planned pre-pandemic. Yeah, in Napa that we never got to go on. Never got to go. Mm. So we dream about so it. About it. <laughs> I think in theory it sounds cool, but I, I like realized how once. much I'm afraid of heights when like I recently went to the edge in New York and I couldn't stand over the glass at this age. Like I got it like when I was a kid and like we went to the CN tower and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stand on the glass. But now that I'm 30 and I still can't 31 and I still can't like stand on the glass and look down. No, not being in a hot air balloon. (laughs) No, it's, there's something about the lack of control with it. And I don't, I just don't trust the pilots know what they're doing. Yeah. Or like, I don't trust, I don't trust that there's enough automation and machinery going on in an airplane that like there's a lot of variables in a hot air balloon that could change it's just too touch and go like it's just going <laughs> no, I, I think that there are like it's the like entire time it's like the hot air balloon it's like it's either working perfectly or you're dead <laughs> whereas with it with it with it with an airplane it's like it's like, oh, you could have a slight mechanical failure and there's like 80 different ways that it can either be, you know, re- like you can, you can get the plane down safely and then have the whatever problem addressed without, you know, dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I a thousand percent agree. <laughs> I, would, also, I would definitely go up in a hot air balloon. I think about the hot air balloon, like spinning out of control because like the air gets messed up and then like the balloon is like circling and then just like and then and just going down (laughs) there's a lot that could happen (laughs) (sighs) anyway but i mean she said no and we'll see if how he continues to ask or if he does continue to ask so we'll uh or if they'll happen off camera like the first one so we'll see how that continues to escalate um as we continue on then we but we lend i i honestly forgot that there was another scene after this um i thought that was going to be the end but then we lens flare out <laughs> i just have one more comment on the proposal oh, yeah. which is that that's not a ring that a billionaire buys sorry oh yeah, yeah it was agreed. relatively modest it was a beautiful ring for like a normal person but hodgins is a billionaire i was probably really expensive it, like he probably paid more money for like the expensive cut and clarity and grade or whatever yeah, yeah, that definitely. like nobody really needs to pay for be like no 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 <laughs> I'm just saying I was I would be expecting some Kim Kardashian like something real big not mm-hmm. that Angela would want that so maybe he's smart yeah. in some ways but yeah, I think he realized my, who he was giving it to I guess my, my, so. my thought was exactly that my thought was oh 
good. He didn't do something completely ostentatious for this person. Yeah. Right. Like the, cause this is the guy who bought the $300 perfume or whatever. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay, we can move on from this now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. He owns I was his, really upset he owns that- on a space flight, you know? Yeah. 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 Maybe honestly, we did not see the first proposal. So maybe there was a huge ring and then he switched it up because she said no the first time around. I think the most upsetting part about this proposal was there were no tiny lamps. It was just floating. Boy, agree. It was a floating (laughs) candle in a hurricane. Not the right time. "Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's why she said no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't propose to me if there aren't tiny lamps. Mm-mm. sorry and we haven't also had lunch and breakfast at this same restaurant <laughs> yeah interview exactly here. exactly exactly it's all about the tiny lamps but yeah we go to bones's office where booth is checking in to see if she's eaten yet so they can go together heart eye emoji and she asked him how he knew that adams would tell them uh what happened and he talks about how he might be a murderer but he did love his wife so he thought you know he's gonna he's gonna try and cover for her but that's the person that he would cover for he admitted to cheating on her earlier this episode that's very true i forgot about that (laughs) so not that much Um, you know when he did that thing where he just like pushed the mic to the side and then he was like oh you know like you you can hear you can't hear me yeah you could definitely still hear him well yeah it was like not recorded on the vomit comet like recording i think holding putting your hand in front of the microphone doesn't stop the the volume from coming out of it. That's true. We can definitely still hear you. (laughs) But um, she says that she still can't, you know, tell people's emotions like he can, but he makes her feel better by saying, you know what? I can't tell the difference between bone and coral. uh, So that's why we are a good team because we both are experts on things. The other one is not good at. And then Booth says, you know, speaking of marriage, Hodgins is proposing to Angela tonight and Bones laughs saying that marriage to her right now is someone who will slap someone else on your behalf and then toss their dead body on a plane with you. So she doesn't have the most positive view of it right now. And then as they're walking away, Booth says that maybe she shouldn't mention that to Angela. And then they leave the quite empty Jeffersonian together to go get dinner. And that's the end of the episode. We made it. So fun so going over to imdb um got a couple reviews here uh the first one this one goes back to 2008 so going back into the the olden times yeah um this one's called loafers on the astronaut they gave this one a seven out of ten bnb investigate the death of a man who apparently fell from the sky he's an astronaut suffering from significant bone loss due to time spent in outer space which affects one's bone density hodgins figures they're Hodgins figures there must be ET, ETs involved uh, somehow. <laughs> um, really wasn't him that thought that. It was like other people pushing on like, hey, Hodgins, you believe this, right? Yeah, it was kind of everyone. Yeah. Um, odd slash marks on various parts of the remain returned the investigators in another direction, but not before B&B buttheads with the space agency, which wants to keep everything hush hush. Um, and there's something very odd about the dead man's family, <laughs> maybe a little too clever for its own good. Nevertheless, the episode is a decent example of bones, uh, all capitals for the <laughs> for the uninitiated. When they see the astronaut splattered remains on the show's outset, they'll know if this series is for them. It tends to be a bit grislier than anything seen on House. <laughs> all ex- <laughs> all, uh, all capitalized. capitalized. <laughs> 
that's true. I am like so bad at medical shows, like watching surgeries. I can't do it. But yeah, just like bodies and stuff, that's fine. I don't know what that is about. I don't know if it's like the person's alive or dead is what it is. I don't know why, but that person's correct that if they can get through like seeing that body, there's a couple of really gross ones, like the truth and the lie, the one in the bathtub's really nasty. Some pretty gross ones this season. Yeah. So uh, next one I'm going to cover, gave this one a 10 out of 10. It's Nancy says, my knowledge is vast. The episode begins with a mass falling to earth behind uh, in a field behind some cows. Mass is revealed to be the body of an astronaut, Cal Howard, after being killed, tossed out an airplane. Hodgins badly wants uh, the body to be extraterrestrial in origin. He has turned he has turned to his belief in conspiracy theories on a number of occasions in this episode. And I want to throw um, in, one in my own. Um, I think they wrote this episode in response to Pluto being demoted from planethood. Mm. So they think that this is what prompted them to do that um season two had already started out started airing when the international atomic Astro- astronomical union downgraded our beloved planet so the uh, timeline adds up um so that's an interesting uh theory i i think it was related to richard branson talking talking shit back in the the odds about how he's going to go to space and then they they're like oh that's still a year like years and years off well here we are <laughs> they do mention in in the dialogue that pluto is no longer a planet so they did make mention of that in the episode but um, they they did yeah but it is it was sad poor pluto got downgraded (laughs) did you hear about pluto (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh queen queen of drama also said um this episode is very current with the recent escapades by two uh escapades to space by two billionaires maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of them <laughs> very true uh, and that's that angela is fire in that dress um very uh, true uh, i don't know how blessed you are when you're headed to prison um um <laughs> you may have gotten away but with cheating but not this <laughs> no although he wasn't the one that killed him i was wondering this actually about the crime like so he was the one who kind of got caught and he's the one who kind of confesses but like he's like she slapped him <laughs> right but she, put, she she's the one who did the deed he's like an accessory after the fact something like that yeah yeah he'll be charged with multiple felonies <laughs> yeah yeah well but he'll he's just not like, the one who actually killed him i think yeah like i don't know who does i don't know how much jail time he's actually doing or if he's just sitting there just being like sorry honey yeah yeah anyway i mean she might get charged with like manslaughter second degree murder i don't know it's an accident that's why i hate this yeah (laughs) yeah but it it stopped becoming like an accident when they like actively tried to hide the body and dispose of it yeah well that's why i feel like it's like manslaughter and then like And just improper like disposal, disposal of, body, of the body like i don't know, know. Like, all that other stuff they charge people with yeah i'm not saying any of that stuff's good but i don't know if those are that's a jail worthy offense like hiding a body i don't know i, I know that I, that's probably sounds terrible to say i don't know it is because the person ended up no longer alive no no but they were already dead is this like a, I did rewatch the jinx recently. Did you ever watch that? 
I just feel, I just feel Robert like Durst th- and how he got away with murder pretty much because they couldn't find the head. And that was the part that was dead. So all he got was dismemberment and disposal of a body. And then he did like time served. Yeah. Well, all, all I'm saying is that the killing the person is like the crime, mm-hmm. the hiding of the body afterwards. I'm kind of like, eh. you know, <laughs> like, uh, is that, is that, is that even like that bad? Yes. <laughs> I, I know it's bad. I'm not saying it's not bad, but it's not like on the same, like if murder is a 10, mm-hmm. hiding the body is a one. Well, that's why, mind. that's why there's different um, sentencing for different, yeah, yeah. you know, crimes. I know. I'm just kind of like, like, come on. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. But like, you know, I, I can be very sympathetic to somebody saying like, well, they never would have believed what it was. And so we just tried to get rid of it. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. Remember when we wondered which one of the four of us would be the murderer? <laughs> I'm feeling it's going to be Andrew. No, I, I mean, I, I could never murder someone, but if there was a But he would body, hide a body. I would yeah, hide I a mean, body. I know who to call if I accidentally commit manslaughter. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when it's when, when we're about to like, I know what you did last summer. This the one be like, yeah, no, no, we can throw the body in the water. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason any of us need to go to jail for this crime. Nice. Well, no, we'll you just do, be haunted that's, by it for the rest of our lives. Well, no, that's the problem. You killed someone. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the main issue here. <laughs> the hiding of the body is not the problem in my mind. So the song that we are going to pick for the song that was in the episode is called Shipwrecked by Shane Alexander. This was the song that was playing all through the arrest montage of Mrs. Adams and having them explain the crime and Booth going into the house to get her and bring her back out. And um, when they were talking to to Bones in the backseat of the car. So the song is Shipwrecked by Shane Alexander, and that will be in our playlist for this week. And the song that was not in the episode, um, but we thought maybe should be, goes out to goes out to a special billionaire out there. Um, you know, not not Zuckerberg, not Gates, not Buffett. They're amateurs. They can fucking suck it. Uh, <laughs> fuck their wives, drink their uh, <laughs> F, get them. Uh, so we're we're doing uh, the Jeffrey Bezos song uh, by Bo Burnham from his most recent comedy special, uh, Inside. Um, just got a fun. It's just a fun little song, fun little ditty to our corporate overlords. Um, <laughs> it's got a great synth solo in it, so. Yeah. Get ready to have it stuck in your head forever, <laughs> forever and ever. So those will be on our playlist. Check them out on Apple Music and Spotify. We update them every week with uh, one song from the episode and one random song we decide to choose, usually about 45 minutes before we start recording. <laughs> so sometimes, exciting. sometimes just right now. <laughs> <laughs> So our personal reviews for this episode, uh, I really enjoy this one. I think they do a good job of keeping us guessing of who it is. Although some of the red herrings aren't as strong, 
Um, I think we do, um, you know, we're still, there's still viable options up until the end of who it could be. So I really enjoyed that portion. I like the constant ribbing of Hodgins throughout this episode about his conspiracy theories, although it does prove helpful when uh, Booth is asking him about the telescope portion later. Um, I will say it was really interesting, like the coral and the bone, though gross. Um, I thought that part was like really interesting. You could tell that some research had been done by the writing staff around like different bone procedures and things you could do around like coral being the same calcium amount as bones and stuff like that. So I I really liked that. There was a lot of like random comedy in this episode. I like when we can sneak those things in. Um, Like I said, with the Hodgins piece, the stuff with Zach and the Pop-Tart thing was hysterical. Um, And Cam's sarcasm at all times is great. I did enjoy us getting a little peek uh, of humanity and their relationship status with Hodgins and Angela and their proposals, uh, plural. Um, we'll see wh- where that takes us in the next few episodes. Um, and I, again, I did like when Hodgins went to Booth um, to ask the question, because even though Booth was not successful at his proposal, he might be the only person who's kind of like normal that Hodgins can ask about what to do about it. So for me, it's a 10 out of 10. I think this was a great episode. I really liked the interpersonal moments, shocking no one. Um, but not just the relationships. I loved um, Booth, kind of the sit down moment with Hodgins and giving him the advice and then his reaction to Angela and um, Brennan having like a really sweet moment with Angela um, who did look fire in that dress. She looked great. Yeah, man. Um, I think like you were saying that it's a fun science-y thing that they figure out what he did based on his job because he has low bone density. There's a lot of um, episodes where people have interesting jobs and they have a weird injury and that's how they kind of like narrow down who they would have been. Yeah. Um, that's a recurring thing. And so having low bone density is a fun one to bring up fun science. Um, I don't know. It's not necessarily one that I remember or that I like go back to often. So I'm not going to give it a ton of time, but I think it's a really good one. And I do think it keeps you guessing. Um, who did the criming. So I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I would say overall, I I did find this to be an enjoyable episode. However, I have some qualms. Uh, First of which is that this is yet another episode that promised me aliens and did not deliver. (laughs) They at least made it and I'm not saying that I literally want aliens, but I want an investigation that's actually centered around could there be aliens and like for like, oh, and have it be the whole point. They touched on it briefly, but that was like very quickly being like, ah, I don't know, this isn't what this episode's about. We got um, really close, but yeah. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it was close, but it, they touched on it, but it didn't, that it, it, it didn't live up to the promise of like, oh, this is going to be like a UFO episode. We want them to like go M. Night Shyamalan and signs where you literally see an alien (laughs) in the the episode. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one qualm. Obviously the murder is an accident. Hate that. Your least fave. That's my least fave. At least it wasn't Um, a child and an accident. Your double least fave. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, if it's a child, I'm just like, don't send the kid to jail. I don't care that they killed someone. Like it doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, 
then the other qualm that I had, oh, just like some of the, some of the, some of the red herrings. It was just like, or am I like, they, they, I like, I know it was very like, I know what you're trying to do, but I don't buy it for a second. Um, I guess I'll just, I, but like in, in their defense, I didn't know who the killer was the entire time. It was just like, you keep on giving me suspects and I'm like, mm, no, over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally at the end, they were like, it was like, oh, them. Hmm. Okay. I guess. Um, so yeah, but over, overall still a fun episode. I'll, I'll give it a, like, even with all those said, I'll, I still had fun. So I'll give it a seven out of 10. Nice. Yeah. I think I agree with everyone's points. This was, this is probably a forgettable episode. I'm not going to remember like a ton about it. I'll at least like know from the title what happened, but like, you know, the way that the case was solved, like all the different piece moving pieces wasn't particularly interesting. I think the thing that just kept my interest going was the prospect of it kind of maybe being aliens. Like they kept (laughs) doing that, like, especially when they pulled the coral out of the bone, I was like, wow, this is like bright green. They're really playing into this. Um, So, and like, you know, with an Elizabeth Benjamin episode, it's just going to go crazy. So I'm not surprised to see if she was the writer. Um, it just like definitely wasn't the strongest of the ones that we've seen from her. Um, so it was, it was a fun one to come back to. It just wasn't, it didn't stand out from the pack. So I'll give it a five out of 10. Yeah. I think the thing I remember, and I didn't say this before and none of us said this, but I think the thing I actually do remember from this episode is the vomit comet part where they float. Mm. <laughs> like, if- yeah, it gives us some like trailer scenes like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming up in season two like <laughs> them floating around yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. angela nice stepping smiles. out of the dress yeah like yeah. it's like one of the scenes that will be in the title sequence mm-hmm. and it but it's like about the season you're like and you're watching in like season two episode three just being like i wonder when we're gonna get to them floating around somewhere <laughs> and yeah. finally it happens and you're like oh finally oh that was it okay <laughs> Yeah, or I could see um, the part where Zach says, like, I've never seen this before. And Hodgins going, like, you're freaking me out. Like, like oh, okay, the drama's happening. <laughs> or, or, the, or the part where Hodgins like, mm, smells delicious. And then, bing, it's a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. So, yeah, yeah, they gave us a lot of fun little moments. But, um, yeah, it's funny. Because there's just so many, I mean, very, very, very strong episodes in season two. So, this one's not bad, but it's not like one of the heavy hitters from the entire season. Yeah. The fact that she did woman in the sand, like before this is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So are you guys ready to play? What's the plot for next week? Always. Ooh, yes. This is a very long and weird title. It's called the glowing bones in the old stone house. Okay. Hmm. So there's already some description of what we're going to see. I mean, it's got to be radioactivity, right? Got to be. Chernobyl. (laughs) (laughs) They're going international. Oh, you know what they might do, though? All right. All right. So it's going to be something about like radioactivity or something, blah, 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 blah. Cause the bones will have like some sort of luminescence. Zach will talk about how bananas have radioactivity still in them, um, which will be like, Ooh, thanks Zach for that fun fact. They don't really, 
Um, but yes, they do have some radioactivity to them, but like in the sense that like literally everything around us in the world has radioactivity. Um, uh, and then, oh, I forgot the thing that even prompted me to say this. Oh, uh, Bones will brag about how she has actually been to the Chernobyl site uh, to do forensic anthropology stuff. Uh, and we'll be like, cool, not a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you should Another take a non-vacation. You should take a real vacation. Uh, and and then yeah, it'll be like the bad guy will be like some corporate person who was covering up the fact that there was like nuclear dumping in an area. That's like a really this. good theory. Bananas Chernobyl dumping ground. What's that movie that uh, the Mystic River or no? What's the where they're dumping stuff in the river? uh aaron brock i was gonna say aaron brockovich or there's, <laughs> yeah. or there's um there's one called like from the 70s called like the china syndrome mm. something like that it's with oh god jane I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> there's something in the water um that's a really good guess i don't know um maybe maybe we'll go down the same path that we've been before where we they like the bones writers try to highlight some weird like cultural ritual that like spawns something like really weird to happen like finding a like a skin sack and it happened <laughs> to be some like ancient tradition from a different country so maybe something like that will create some phenomenon with bones that may be confused with glowing and or I don't know so mm. that's that's what I'll throw out there and then I don't care what the stone house is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the stone house is the name of Brooklyn's newest bar and and there's a uh, there's a glow stick accident that happens that's what it is there's a guy who died in a glow stick factory at, at, a, at, a, at a rave oh my god i love that and that's the stone house mm. final answer i like those i like those three answers that we got or an amalgamation of three answers that we got um so those are akil and andrew's locked in guesses for next week's the glowing bones in the old stone house we just went over season two episode 19 spaceman in a crater uh if you guys want to check out the playlist those are on apple music and spotify again we update them every week if you want to send us an email about um you know songs for next week or just to say hey it's the bones booth at gmail.com follow us on twitter the bones booth um on twitter also since we are on episode 19 out of 21 we will be bringing back our our uh, ep- a full uh, not episode a full season recap for season two if if you guys were with us or have listened to our season one recap we asked for questions in a ama style where if you guys have questions for us about the podcast or you know our favorite whatever anything about food. I'm sure you can get us talking for about 30 minutes on that <laughs> of anything. So you can send us an email at the bones at gmail.com, or we will have a graphic in, um, on Twitter that you can comment under or just DM us or send us a message on Twitter. Uh, and we will start 
making a list of questions from you guys to answer during that full season recap for season two. So we won't get there for two more weeks, but we want to give you guys plenty of time to come up with questions about this season, um, to ask us or anything you guys have been wondering about the podcast. So again, send us to an email, the, the at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and we will answer those for you guys, uh, during our recap. And uh, we will be back next week to see to see if it's a full. I I'm I am praying that somehow some way that the that the episode just changes into the three guesses that you guys just gave um, for next week for the glowing bones and the old stone house. But we will see how close they got to the correct answer when we go over that episode next week. Mm-hmm.